Yeah, it's cash. DJ Deuce McGuire, this hot as a log fire Spark the lighter in the 303, we wrestle at the quarry Golden Colorado, Mercury Pro Wrestling Academy Elevated Wrestling, yeah Hashtag follow if you know the motto Can't stop now, got the need for speed Combustion and concussion, championships in my vision I put the key in the ignition Such an easy decision, I got a hustler's ambition Wrestling at its best, welcome to the show I put on for Rocky Mountain Pro, let's go RMP Radio is back on the air. Hi, I am your host, Mr. Fourth Row, and I have uh, dialed up 1870Cool. Going to be talking with the Rocky Mountain Pros extracurricular liaison, Zero Cool. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Mr. Fourth Row. How are you doing today? I am doing uh, just fine, all things considered. Uh, just busy uh, doing all kinds of things, but wanted to get with you and have a little chat uh, and uh, kind of talk about a few things here for the Rocky Mountain Pro RMP Radio audience. Well, thank you for giving me a call, brother. I've been busy. I know you've been busy, but you know, never too busy for the RMP fans. Yeah. So uh, since the last time we talked, uh, uh, you are a repeat guest here on uh, RMP Radio, which is awesome. Uh, I think you've got the most appearances now. <laughs> uh, maybe, oh yeah. Maybe you. Maybe you and uh, maybe you and Yaden. But anyways, uh, so last time we talked, um, and I know this is was uh, I know this uh, uh, hurt you and, and made, you know. Uh, it was real uh, important and sad for you, but uh, uh, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, there's no debating of it, um, Kobe Bryant uh, passed away in a hor- horrific uh, helicopter accident. Uh, how, how'd that uh, come about when you heard the news? Uh, man, so when I, when I first heard about Kobe, I'm just going to be honest, like I, I thought it was a joke. Um, my, my dad called me out of the blue. Uh, I was, I was taking a nap on the couch. Actually. Uh, I had just gone out the night before and I was still wearing my Kobe Bryant Jersey and my Kobe Bryant jacket actually. And, uh, so I'm, I'm sitting there and I get a phone call and my dad tells me that Kobe Bryant died and I got a little bit of an attitude and I was like, what did you just say to me? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I was like, man, I, I don't have time for this. I hung up on him and I looked it up online and there was nothing. And I was like, man, this is bull. I can't believe my dad would try to play that joke on me. What kind of stuff is this? And then all yeah. of a sudden, after I got done doing my research, I turned to the, I turned on my TV to ESPN and all of a sudden there was a helicopter crash. and They said that uh, Kobe Bryant died and then I knew it was real. And I, I can't lie, bro. Like I, I cried for a good... Yeah six, seven hours straight. That yeah. hurt my heart, bro. Yeah. Like, it, 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 just, it just did. Yeah, because we, we... Right, I know, I got you. Because <laughs> we, we, with, with social media, we get all the uh, hoaxes all the time, and it's like, okay, I got to go, you know, it's like we have to be kind of suspicious of that kind of stuff. And like you said, he's like, no, don't play with me. Yeah. Yeah, I was hurt, bro. I was like, don't, don't, don't you do that to me. I had a great night last night. Everything went really well. Business was booming. Life was great. And then all of a sudden, just it, everything came to a screeching halt, bro. Like I, I, I cried like a little, like a, like a newborn baby for a good like four hours straight, bro. I just, I couldn't deal with it. 
it it hurt me so bad. Kobe Bryant, like for those who don't know, uh, I've been a Kobe Bryant fan since I was a little kid. I was nine years old when my dad bought me my first Lakers jersey, and he bought me my first Kobe Bryant jersey. Mm-hmm. Six months before Kobe won his first championship. I still have that jersey today. It still fits, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the Kobe was my motivation, man. Like, the way he attacked basketball, the way he just uh, – uh, the, the ruthless aggression and the mentality that Kobe had when he was playing basketball, I tried to incorporate that in how I handle myself in everyday life. Yeah. And – so when when I finally found out that it was true that Kobe was really gone, man, it was I, I've never had a celebrity death hit me like that. Like mm-hmm. famous people die all the time, and you and, and and yeah, you know it sucks because they have fans. But like realistically speaking, Kobe Bryant was like he he was a part of everybody's family. Like we met this kid when he was seventeen years old, right? He gave a he gave us 20 years of his life straight in front of the cameras, working his ass off day after day after day after day. And there was a lot of successes, but there was a lot of failure too. And it's, it's like, you, you felt like you knew the dude personally and you hear about all the cool stuff that he's doing for girls, youth basketball and uh, helping coach his daughter's team and being a great dad, being a great girl dad, which a lot of guys struggle with. And just to have it all taken away so quickly and then to add to add insult to injury like his baby was with him. Yeah. And there and there were seven other people on that flight and like that and they don't get nearly the attention that Kobe does and they, they died, they had loved ones too. And... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's yeah, it's oh. it's def- yeah, yeah, it's tough. I know I know it impacted you a lot. Um but, uh, you know, one one thing um, I was going to ask you about, uh, uh, because that, um, I know a lot of people knew that Kobe was your guy, and um, how'd that feel getting that uh, that uh, jersey from your from your peers? Man, that was the coolest thing I, that ever happened, actually, to me. Like, I, I've gone through a lot of really awesome stuff in my life, man, and people have given me some really creative and really awesome gifts. Yeah. But uh, the final boss, Bruce Wayans, dialed me up and said, Zero, I got something for you. And I can't tell you what it is, (laughs) but I'm going to surprise you. And I got excited, man. I couldn't think about what it was. I was like, why the hell would he get a gift for me? And what could he possibly have gotten? Yeah. And then show day comes up and I'm getting ready for my match. And the final boss is getting ready for his match. And he goes, oh, yeah, cool. Come here real quick. Yeah. and he pulled out this awesome, this really awesome warm-up jacket, man. And it's a, it's a baby blue Lakers throwback warm-up jacket, but it's like personalized per player, right? And so he gave me a vintage number eight mm. uh, baby blue Kobe Bryant warm-up ja- or warm-up jersey jacket. Yeah, and it is the most unique. Uh, it's the most unique piece of Kobe memorabilia that I have. Like I have a lot of plaques around the house. Um, I got, I, I, I even have some that still says four time, uh, that still says four time NBA champion that need to be updated to newer versions of them. But it's just that, that Jersey getting that Jersey from the final boss, like just around all the people that I care about and all the people that care about me 
it was it was a very very awesome experience and so bruce wayans the final boss thank you brother you really have no idea how much that jacket means to me man yeah and um how uh, uh how awesome was it to uh 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 i don't know what the right word is to uh to uh get that uh jacket to come down the uh, entrance ramps a few times at uh, some R&P events oh man so as soon as <laughs> i got it I, I was like yeah this is this is going to become a new piece of my my entrance gear i'm i'm a rock this i'm a rock kobe all day every day and <laughs> it uh it it fits, man, because anybody who knows me, anybody who talks basketball with me for five minutes uh-huh. knows that I'm a diehard Kobe Bryant fan. There's nothing anybody can do to change my mind. Kobe Bryant, in my opinion, is the greatest basketball player that ever lived. I'm very hard-headed about that. Yeah. But if, <laughs> if people could say LeBron's the best, I could say Kobe's the best, right? right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> It, it all kind of depends on who, uh, like we talked before, we've talked uh, online, offline, etc. It all kind of depends on when you grew up and what you were influenced by. Exactly, man. And yeah. so while I was dealing with the Kobe thing, like I, uh, I, I listen to Undisputed with Skip, and Shan- or with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp every day. Yeah. That, that's something I do every day. Uh, it's something I could do at, or at work and it's, it's just awesome because it's like it's it's never ending sports debate, and that's something I love like wholeheartedly. I love just to argue with people, and it doesn't even really have to mean anything. You can just argue stats or whatever, yeah, right. But then Skip Bayless started talking about this ESPN piece that was coming up, and it was right after we had lost Kobe, and they were talking about doing a. Uh, they were talking about doing a documentary about Michael Jordan and the and the 1998 Chicago Bulls. Ah. And honestly, man, like as much as I was hurting over Kobe, like I, it just like because Kobe and Mike were so similar, mm-hmm. it I, I was just kind of drawn to that, especially because I knew like I knew the story. Like I was a kid when Jordan was in the league, and he was winning championship after championship after championship. And I had heard the comparisons, and I knew that uh, I, I knew that Kobe and Jordan like kept in touch, and they had kind of like a, a mentor-protege relationship. But I had no idea how how like actually close they were mm-hmm. until I saw Jordan uh, giving a eulogy at Staples Center on the day where they uh, celebrated the life of Kobe. Yeah. And so after that, I uh, I I got really really excited to check out the Last Dance, man, and that was that was pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. And before we, um, before we talk about that, uh, I want to ask you a couple other things, uh, that have uh, come up in the, um, uh, recent, uh, news when it comes to Kobe, uh, they have, uh, the, uh, the sports Academy retiring the, uh, Mamba name. You think that's, uh, appropriate? Um, I, or what's your thoughts on that? Torn? I do. I, well, I'm, I'm torn because that was Kobe's brainchild and mm-hmm. like, he put, he put a lot of work into that, but at the same time, like I understand the mentality behind it because right. although Kobe's fingerprints are all over the school, and although it was his brainchild, and although it was his idea to develop that school, like it, it, it's not right to advertise yourself as the Mamba Sports Academy when the Mamba is no longer there. Yeah. Um. So uh, in in that sense, like I understand it, like. At first, I was a little upset. I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Kobe poured a lot of his 
himself a lot of his time and energy into this. I, I, and I initially felt it was disrespectful, but the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And the more like just the fact that they're going to, or the fact that they're going to hang his numbers up in the school and they're not taking anything away and they still give him his credit for helping build the reputation of the sports Academy. Uh, I, I respect that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought that would be the way, but uh, thought I'd ask you in, uh, in, in all earnest as well. So that's great. Okay. So the, yeah, let's uh, talk about, uh, you know, so I mean, what, <laughs> you know, in all honestly, what, um, you know, kind of uh, synergistic energy that the Lance, last dance uh, came out over the, the last uh, uh, five weeks uh, with everything that's happening in the world and drew huge rating numbers. Uh, you watched all of it. I watched all of it. Uh, what was uh, some of the things that uh, your takeaways and, and everything that kind of maybe surprised you or your thoughts on the whole, uh, the whole thing, the whole series? So I absolutely adored The Last Dance. I thought that uh, I, I always felt that Michael Jordan, like given proper context, or or it had had Jordan played in the age of social media, everybody would see him in a little bit of a different light, and he wouldn't be so godlike. Um, because yeah. when a lot of people talk about meeting Jordan or seeing Jordan, they talk about, oh, he's on another level. He's like he he puts off an energy like. And I get that because when you meet certain people, that's what happens. Like the Mick Jaggers of the world, the Michael Jordans of the world, uh, just certain, certain people give off that energy and that that's fantastic. But at the same time, he's a man too. And it was nice to see that Jordan was actually human and see some of the trials and tribulations that he had to play through and, uh, watching, watching him talk about the difference between playing at 45 versus playing wearing 23. Um, yeah. Like also, uh, the most important thing that I took away from the last dance was I think Dennis Rodman might be the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> yeah. But, all, but, all things considered, huh? Uh, listen, there are guys that have won more rings. There are guys, that have way more all-star appearances. There are guys that play better defense. But Rodman took it to another level. He skipped practice during the NBA Finals to go and beat up Diamond Dallas Page with a chair. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, yeah. and, then after, and then he partied with the NWO. Yeah. Rodzilla. <laughs> Rod, Rod, everybody needs a Rod Villa shirt or a Rod Villa jersey. I, I, it's just how I feel on the matter. I I uh, I, I, I kind of popped when the, towards the beginning of the series when they um, introduced everybody. You know, I'm Michael Jordan. You know, you know North Carolina. Da 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 da. Scotty Pippen. You know, Ar- Central Arkansas. And then Robin goes, Dennis Rodman. What up? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's yeah. perfect. That was perfect. Oh yeah, man. And Rod has always been good for that sort of stuff. He's he's led the most interesting life out of anybody who's ever walked the earth. He got to win championships with Michael Jordan, and then got to become best friends with a North Korean dictator. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds, brother. Yeah, and uh, um, his relationship and, with Carmen Electra, and you know, <laughs> the Carmen Electra story might have been the most entertaining thing on the last dance. That was great. <clears throat> That's uh, yeah, right. true. Yeah. 
for those of you who haven't seen The Last Dance, what I'm talking about is Dennis Rodman in the middle of the season went to Phil Jackson and told him while they were on a break, there were no games being played or anything, that he was going to go to Vegas for a few days. Phil said, okay, that's fine, because Phil Jackson's his Zen master, and he doesn't get angry, and he doesn't do petty things. Mm-hmm. But, he told, or, but he told Rodzilla he had to be back by a certain time, and that he was going to send somebody to pick him up to practice. Rodman said, okay, cool, no problem. So on the last night of his little mini vacation, him and Carmen Electra, him being Rob Villa, mm-hmm. Rob Villa and Carmen Electra partied their asses off. And Dennis is laying down in the bed, sleep, and Carmen hears somebody knocking at the door, and it's Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> so she hides yeah. behind the curtains, basically. While Jordan comes in the apartment, gets Rodman, throws him in the shower, takes him out the shower, and takes his ass to practice. <laughs> That's a good teammate right there. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta have extra like, and Jordan gets Jordan gets like a very very uh, a bad rep for not being a friendly guy. Yeah. But like. You gotta be, you gotta be friends with people. Like you have to be good friends with somebody to like go into their house while they sleep, pick them up, throw them in the shower, and then throw them in your car. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. But what are your thoughts? What What did you? What was What was something that you saw in the last dance that you didn't know about until you saw the documentary? Well, you know, there was there's a lot of stuff that, of course, I did know. You know, uh, of course, a lot of the gambling stuff uh, came out at the time of, uh, you know, Jordan's uh, father's um, death. You know, and and shame on the media for trying to, you know, make that be why you know it happened. Um, but at least yeah. at least that kind of got quashed, you know, fairly quickly. It seemed like that they they put that out there. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of you know? I kind of particularly did know most of the stories. I did read the um, the Second Coming uh, book by Stan Smith. Uh, so uh-huh. I did I, I did read that when that uh, what when that happened. Uh, you know, and he was in this uh, series uh, a couple times. I think especially towards the beginning. Uh, you know, I, all the other stuff. But the the kind of takeaway that I kind of took away was. The uh, Kennedy um, interviews now the my, now Michael Jordan with you know them showing him with the uh, with the uh, iPad or the tablet or whatever you know the interviews from the other players and his reactions of what they said in this whole thing and I think that was kind of kind of kind of made those interviews with those other people talking about this and Jordan's reactions uh, were just uh, they were just were great and I think they just enhanced all that even more because some of it was some of Jordan's reactions were you know eye rolls or laughter or all kinds of stuff and you know tears of joy from his mom you know watching his mom's what his mom was talking about and all that kind of stuff like that so I, that's what I really enjoyed and the biggest takeaways I got and you know one of the biggest things too and I talked to uh when I talked to uh, KT Dub on the last episode of uh, R&B Radio, um, the what Steve Kerr said about his relationship with him and how you know yeah he did push people to get better, but then you know that last shot and that one game uh, he gave to Kerr and he gave him that uh, he gave him that wink and that uh, smirk and you know it's like see that's what I was doing this all for. Yeah, yeah, man, and it's 
it's cold because like a lot of people, especially like right after when they hear, or when they hear about uh, the style with which Jordan led, uh, which basically like take your take your teammates' weaknesses and turn them into strengths, or you know um, find somebody with the uh, with the thinnest skin on the team and needle them until that uh, until that skin gets a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will tell you, oh, well, that's bullying and uh, that wouldn't work in today's NBA and blah, 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 blah. And they're right. It wouldn't work in today's NBA. Uh That's why teams might win two, maybe three titles Uh in close proximity, but nobody, nobody three-peats anymore. Uh Nobody, nobody wins five championships anymore. Like that's, that's over with that, that unfortunately, and I hate to say it like this, but that kind of died with Kobe Bryant and uh, Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a right and a wrong way to lead people, and uh, Jordan said it best in the documentary. Like uh, you push people, and sometimes they don't want to be pushed. You drag people along, and sometimes they don't want to be dragged along. But the the important thing is, regardless of how hard you are on that person or how much you expect of them, you never ask anything of anybody that you aren't willing to do yourself. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, the way I looked at it, too, is that, you know, he uh, he had the his core group of people around him. And then there was all these, you know, uh, interchangeable players throughout the the six championships that, you know, it was like, you know, they're brought in and Jordan had to kind of, you know, mold him in the, you know, quote unquote, you know, harsh way to fit this fit in with the team. And, you know, in the, you know, it's like, this is how we're going to win. This is what I need you to do to, for the team. But you know what? You don't know this yet, but this is going to make you better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and even, even to the point of uh, when, uh, what he was doing to Scott Burrell, um, yeah. pardon my language, but calling him a hoe or uh, calling him a bitch just to get under his skin enough to get him motivated to play with some fire. Yeah. Like if you did that, to some, if you were on a, uh, an NBA team today and you did that to somebody, mm-hmm. you would get fined and suspended. Mm-hmm. It's commonplace in today. Or it was commonplace in the nineties and even in the eighties, man, yeah. people, people don't even really understand like how different the league was. Because if you look at, for instance, if you took or if you take today's NBA and you put it side by side with the NBA from the '80s, it's not even close to the same. Just hand checking and the physicality alone is so different. And they had like, if Michael Jordan got to play in a generation where hand checking was illegal, he would average 50 points a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree, agree. <laughs> it, it's just like if you can't if if you if the rules if Jordan played in this era it wouldn't be fair because he's just he was just too good man and his drive his dedication to working as hard as he possibly could to be the best uh, something that Kobe Bryant actually inherited and used to help win himself a couple of championships um, like it's it there are very few people who can walk the walk like that and. Jordan on a basketball court is definitely one of those guys. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you like the, uh, what ifs, uh, that always get posed out there and, 
kind of one of the big ones out there is, you know, what if, uh, you know, what if Jordan and Kobe and Shaq, you know, played together on a team, that kind of stuff. And I mean, do you, do you, do you like those? Do you like seeing those? Or are you just kind of, eh, whatever. So I, I, I saw a lot of what ifs and I actually, I, I posted that uh, yeah. the other day. What if, what if when yeah. Phil Jackson left Chicago, Right. Uh, what if Michael Jordan would have went with him to L.A.? Right. And the conclusion that I came to is that Shaq, Kobe, and Jordan together would have won four rings in a row, mm-hmm. and then Sha- uh, and then Shaq would have left the team just like ha- just like how it happened in real life. But Jordan would have stayed at least two more years, and he would have got six rings with Kobe too. Mm. Like. It- <sighs> I, I'm a, I'm a bit like what ifs aren't necessarily really my thing, uh, especially yeah. normally because we have so much going on anyway. It's it's better to pay attention to what's actually going on and taking a look at what could have happened if this this and this happened differently. But since we've had so much free time due to the uh, current situation everybody is in, um, it it's been nice to actually sit back and think about how the NBA would have played out differently if this happened or how things would have happened differently if this had happened. Because it, listen, man, this all started when NBA 2K started putting classic teams on their video games Mm. and you could play the classic teams versus the new teams. Like I've tracked this trash talk. This is where it all comes from. (laughs) Maybe not all of it. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's always been comparisons of like, Oh, well, this this basketball team couldn't even compare to Bill Russell's uh, Bill Russell Celtics or this that and the other thing. And part of me gets that because that's part of human nature. Like when your brain gets going and you think about it, it's like, oh man, that could have been cool as hell. But at the same time, it it doesn't necessarily help. It it's better to focus on what's going on currently. In in my opinion, like. But the the coolest, I don't know, man, uh, the the biggest what if to me that nobody wants to talk about is the, not even necessarily Shaq. Say Shaq left the Lakers, right? Sh- say Shaq didn't play with Kobe for the 2000, 2001, and 2002. If the Lakers would have just had Kobe Bryant, the rest of their cast, and Michael Jordan instead of Shaquille O'Neal, they still would have three-peated. Hands down, Jordan was still the best player in the league. Kobe Bryant was on the come up. And by the time Kobe ends up making the transition to become the best player in the league, Jordan would have been on the downside because he really was at that point already with the Wizards. Yeah. It's – but I I don't know, man. Uh, the 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 funnest what if I ever thought of, though, is what if, uh, is what if Shaquille O'Neal had Kobe Bryant's work ethic. <laughs> right yeah good point good point <laughs> i mean and and somebody actually asked kobe that while he was still alive you can look it up on youtube he said i would have had six or i would have had 12 fucking rings pardon yeah. my language i was just quoting kobe yeah but th- th- that's what he said he said i have 12 effing rings yeah <laughs> yeah they uh, um from what i gather they they uh did trash talk each other in the in the media and the social media Every once in a while, huh? Oh man, it was it was like that on social media everywhere, but it was also like that at practice. Like yeah. they would be practicing, 
And Shaq, uh, Shaq's thing, especially in practice, was he was a big dude and he didn't like to expend a lot of energy. He didn't, uh, he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to run back and play defense. So one of the most famous fight that Kobe and Shaq ever got in at practice was actually Shaq told Kobe to give him the ball, and Shaq uh, and Kobe said, or uh, Kobe said, no, I don't want you to use any more energy on offense. Get your big ass back there and play some defense. Ah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kobe had no fear, man. Kobe he was just he was just real and he wanted everybody to work as hard as he worked and unfortunately that wasn't the case a lot of the time. Yeah, true, true. Uh so uh I know you I th- believe you've seen the uh meme out there about uh the who the MVP of uh uh the last dance was. Uh what what's your vote? Uh well, the MVP of the last day, it's hard for me to say. After I just put Rodzilla over so hard, it's hard for me to say anybody else. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I mean, if we're being honest about it, like, just the transparency and the, the fact that he finally allowed himself to be humble and be appreciated and actually be human with everybody, I, I think you have to give it to Jordan. Yeah. And I know that's biased because it's his... It's his thing. He had final say over everything. Um, and there's there's probably a lot that we didn't get to see. Oh, no, yeah. But but there's a, this is the most open that he has ever been with uh, or with fans and media alike. And just the fact that he was willing to open that up, uh, especially at a time in America when a lot of people were still hurting for various reasons. And we were all, uh, all across the world, we were all in – or we were all put on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just the fact, like, I, you got to give it to Michael, man. You, yeah. you got to. And if it's not Mike, then it's got to be Ron Villa. Okay. So so we could say the uh, the uh, meme uh, MVP is Rod Zilla, but the uh, true or the actual series MVP probably is Jordan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like regular, regular season or... Uh, regular season MVP Rodzilla, but if we're talking about the finals, obviously it's got to be Jordan. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. All right, so hey, uh, transitioning from there, uh, another thing uh, to uh, kind of debate about uh, that you've put out there, and I asked you if you'd like to talk about, and you said sure thing. Uh, Dream Team versus Redeem Team. Uh, who's you've put it out there? You know who's better? What you know and. Uh, you know, and I've, uh, I, pu- I put it out to you. I think, uh, dream team is just because of, you know, who's going to start and their bench and stuff like that. But, uh, what's your, uh, arguments, uh, you want to let the RMP radio listeners know for, uh, the redeem team. All right, man. So I'm, I'm just going to put it to you plain and simple. <laughs> the dream team versus the redeem team comes down to a one-on-one player battle. Okay. It comes down to Kobe Bean Bryant versus Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Now, 1992 was the dream team. Mm-hmm. Jordan was 29 years old, and he uh, and he was pretty good, but he wasn't he wasn't the Mike that we would come to know and love. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> By the time 2008 rolled around, Kobe Bryant had already won three championships and won an MVP, and was on the all defensive team set or uh, seven straight years. 
29-year-old Kobe Bryant is better than 29-year-old Michael Jordan. If you compare them year by year, like age to age, Kobe Bryant was better than Michael Jordan was at age 29. Now, the reason that I say the rest of the teams don't matter is because realistically, the, the dream team would have been a much, much superior defensive team. But on offense, it would have been the complete other way because you still have, on top of Kobe Bryant, you still have LeBron James. You still have Dwayne Wade. You still have Carmelo Anthony. You still have Darren Williams, CP3, uh, Jason Kidd, who was a hell of a uh, who was a hell of a point guard, uh, Chris Bosh, and Carlos Boozer were the bigs for that team. Which don't necessarily like when you think about it. It doesn't necessarily equal Malone and Ewing because Malone and Ewing were much much bigger guys. But I think that also gives them an advantage too because both Boozer and Bosch were all-stars in their own right and they both had a way better long game uh, long range game than Malone or Ewing mm. so realistically I think that when it comes right now oh and and Larry Bird was a broken down shell of himself who only played five minutes a night because of how bad his back was at the time and Magic Johnson had just retired right and had not played basketball in in over 18 months so like and 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 i get it <clears throat> the dream team was great because it had all of the greatest players for multiple generations you had jordan you had bird you had magic uh you had ewing you had malone you had john stockton who's still the, uh, the leader in assists uh, uh and and steals actually um like the dream team was nothing to mess with, but I don't think that even with their, even with their defensive prowess, I don't think that they would have been able to match up with the offensive onslaught that would be brought on by the redeem team. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, personally, um, in, you know, I think that the, the dream team though, I think that those guys knew each other better because they played for so long against each other at, at the, you know, once when that team was assembled, I, uh, my argument for that is: Do you not remember the banana boat game? The banana boat game. Um, you have to remind me. I, I it's not Dwayne down. Wade, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Paul, who vacationed together, or who vacationed together every off season for like six or seven straight years, uh, four of which were prior to joining the Redeem team. Oh, okay. And then. Uh, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe and Mike are basically a wash. Yeah. Like okay. <clears throat> no matter how you cut it. Yeah. Kobe was more seasoned and he had more accomplished by age 29, mm-hmm. but Mike was still Mike. <clears throat> um, I think LeBron James is a better small forward than Scottie Pippen. <clears throat> I, I think Carmelo Anthony, uh, is a better scorer than Charles Barkley. Um, I, <sighs> Clyde Drexler is a great player, but he is not even close to the same caliber as Dwayne Wade. Um, and and again, like I'm not. I'm, uh, there's there's it, no there's just, no right or wrong answers with all this. It's it's tough to know because it's not you know. Yeah, has it's, own, it's, yeah. It, exactly, man. Everybody has their own opinion, and it's just analyzing 
it, it, it's just analyzing stats and analytics and trying to form your own opinion based on that. Right. But I, I think honestly, more than the actual players themselves, I think that the rules in which they play under would have more to do with the final outcome than the actual players. That's that. Yeah, that's a good point. I was uh, kind of almost thinking uh, along that same lines, and and also too, uh, you know, there's a reason why these two teams have the nickname that they do because it was time for USA to say we're number one in basketball and we're going to be number one in basketball again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the dream team was something special because we had never seen those or that many all-stars on the same team before. Yeah. we had never seen all of the great players in like other than the all-star game, obviously, but right. even that was divided East and West. Like, the the dream team was the first time that we saw all of the greatest basketball players in America playing on one team. Right, and the one and the one token college player. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and Christian Leitner and Christian Leitner, uh, who uh, who never even got off the bench. Poor kid. <laughs> I, but you know what, though, man, like that that experience had to be killer. Like yeah. being a college player and being surrounded by that much greatness. Yeah. I, I, I just I, I feel very very strongly that like Christian Leitner, Christian Leitner should have been a better NBA player based solely off of the fact that he played for the Redeem team. Right, all that he could have soaked up. Yeah, in that time, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, so let me uh, let me ask you a, a parallel. Uh, uh, so there has been a call, uh, you know, with stuff going on right now. Uh, uh, you know, of course, I'm, a, you know, a bigger uh, baseball fan. And, you know, we have never, USA never has really thrown out the All-Stars for their team representing them in the Olympics. And one of the biggest, which I think is kind of being a hypocrite in my opinion, one of the biggest call per, people calling uh, that we should be doing that uh, right now is uh, Bryce Hopper, who has never played for the Olympics team. Uh, but what do you think, just along that line, and even that second point, that uh, USA bas- or USA baseball should do that and not uh, succumb to the other nations in the Olympics? So my view on this is very, very simplistic. Um, as far as other nations go, their professional athletes have been playing in the Olympics for generations, mm-hmm. I think I think fair is fair, and I think if you're going to let pro teams from one country play, I think you have to let pro or pro players from all countries play, mm-hmm. whether that be in baseball, uh, uh, basketball, whatever the sport is. If France gets to let somebody from, or South Korea gets to let somebody from their pro squad play, then America should have the right to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with baseball, because baseball is our pastime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would argue that, like, just like just like the All Star system uh, uh, in all of the leagues currently, actually NBA, MLB, NFL, uh, whatever sports you watch, the All Star selection system is very very flawed because it's controlled by a handful of players and media, basically. Mm-hmm. I think what they should do is what they used to do back in the or back in the 80s to late 90s, and I think that they should take the opinions of all of the players, and that should be the majority, like 
uh, that should that should be the baseline. Like you can add fan votes if you want, mm-hmm. uh, and you can even add media votes if you want. But I think the deciding factor on who plays for the Olympic teams and who plays for the All Star teams, uh, I, I think all uh, I think the majority of that should be based on the opinions of the players. So their peers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because. Uh, you've been a baseball fan your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, for a long, long time. So have I. Uh, little known fact. So, like, my my favorite teams are all over the place. For basketball, obviously, diehard Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for baseball, it's a little bit different. Uh, I am actually a Yankees fan. Um, reason for that being, I love Maniara Rivera. I think that he is the greatest pitcher who ever played. Agreed. Regardless of position, uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, uh, definitely the closer, no, no, no doubts about it. Oh yeah, um, but like, even though you and I have been fans for our entire lives at this point, for me, I'm, I'm, I just turned twenty nine. Uh, I don't want to give away your age because I feel like that's not my place. <laughs> but, um, and besides, you look so youthful. Uh, <laughs> No, but but in all seriousness, uh, for real, man, like it, it's players are going to have a more informed opinion than we will as fans, because while we can see things and be like, oh, yeah, that dude's awesome. Like, yeah, that dude definitely gets home runs or whatever, but his intangibles aren't as solid as somebody else's or like, yeah, homie has a killer RBI, but he's a shit teammate, you know, yeah. like those those things matter. And uh, I, I just, I feel very strongly that like, in, in, uh, especially for Olympic sports, that should be the criteria. Like if, if pro athletes from anywhere get to play, then pro athletes from everywhere should be allowed to play, yeah. period. Right. Uh, the selection process should be done by the players, uh, by the players themselves for the most part. Uh, the media and the fans can give a couple of selections if they want have one media selection and one fan selection and then have the rest be from the players. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because I hate the all-star voting because it's just a popularity vote. It's like the, the people don't, people aren't looking about what's happening this year with the players. Cause there's snubs all over the place when it comes to the fan voting and, and everything. So, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I totally agree with that. I, like I said, I, I hate that, you know, um, and then, of course, you know, I, I do think that there should always be, um, you know, despite, uh, you know, how they're performing. But if there is a player that has already retired, you know, that they're going to retire, um, that they should be in their a perennial all star like a, you know, the year Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn um, retired, that they should definitely go to the all star game that year, no, no matter what. Uh, but that's just my opinion. So, yeah. I, I totally understand, man. I totally understand exactly what you're talking about. And it, it's just, it, it's a crying shame because, like, uh, using the NBA as an example, um, LeBron James could just say that he's in the, like, he doesn't have to play another game. He could just say that he's in the league. And for the next five, six years, he would still be the number one all-star vote getter. <laughs> right. That's a that's a that's a great point, <laughs> you know. And then you know um, another thing too. And oh man, another uh, podcast I listened to. Uh, they had one of their hosts 
always bashes the baseball owners. But when it comes to the one of the things that they're when it comes to you know just to kind of wrap up the uh, uh, Olympics for baseball, the the uh, owners don't want it because uh, their players are going to be off for two weeks uh, doing the Olympics and losing revenue. And it's like oh, so freaking what? That that's you yeah, know to hell with that man. Like <laughs> the Olympics are about national pride. Exactly. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan didn't take no money. When he went and played for the Olympics, Magic Johnson didn't take no money. Nobody took no money. Yeah. Like, and and if you have a problem with people loving our country and wanting to uh, represent our country in the biggest athletic competition in the world, then you're the problem. Yeah. Okay. Well. In, okay. So now, uh, <laughs> kind of on that same lines, uh, talking owners and stuff, and there's. Uh, Oh gosh, I don't know if you've heard, you know, the back and forth between the owners and the players to to get uh, baseball going this season. But uh, but uh, let's because uh, I know you're more well informed on the basketball side. Uh, God, the basketball man, that just hurt the the season. Um, and I have not, unfortunately, kept up too closely. But what's uh, going on with uh, basketball? What are they thinking? What's the what's the thing proposals put out there for? So from what I've heard, uh, the NBA is looking at isolating two locations, one location in Las Vegas and one location in, uh, in Disneyland in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the teams from the Eastern Conference will be playing in Florida. All the teams from the Western Conference will be playing in Las Vegas. And uh, I, so from the last update that I saw, and we're supposed to get another update uh, at the end of the month, but from the last update that I saw, Adam Silver has publicly stated that the owners and the players are in agreement and they want to finish the season. Uh, even if that means, uh, even if that means, uh, finishing up in August. So, uh, even with no fans in the stands, the NBA's plan is to move forward, uh, as soon as they can safely, which I wholeheartedly endorse, um, and 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 not just because my Lakers were number one in the West when everything was shut down. Yeah. Uh, but I just like as as a country, uh, as a country as a whole, we unite around sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about the Dream Team and the Redeem Team. Uh, you could talk about the Miracle on Ice. You talk about uh, when the Red Sox broke the uh, broke the curse and beat the Yankees in 2004. Um, like there's just as a nation, we rally around our sports teams and it picks up our morale and it like it just it gives everybody it gives everybody a small injection of happiness in a in an otherwise very bleak world. Yeah. Um, same with wrestling, man. It's like thank God that they kept going. By the way, and mm-hmm. by they I mean. Impact, WWE, AEW, all the promotions that have been able to uh, record and uh, put out content safely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to follow CDC guidelines and make sure that you don't spread anything crazy. But, like, that's really been the only form of live entertainment that we've had during this entire... Right. Yeah, I... I... 
I agree, and I was like I said, I was talking to uh, KT Dub uh, um, at that time of this recording yesterday about how AEW seemed like uh, they kind of stumbled a little bit uh, trying to figure out how they were gonna do this, but with the the storylines and you know how they were gonna have certain talents on what shows, but I think they finally finally figured it out. For example, um, you know, so that yeah, that's kind of nice. And you know, I mean, it get, you know, for me, uh, baseball, I started watching the Taiwanese league. <laughs> uh, believe it or Absolutely. not, <laughs> that's yeah, crazy man. stuff. My dad was watching South Korean baseball earlier today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the uh, the um. The uh, imported fans, the uh, ordered fans, did you hear about that uh, that they had there in the Korean leagues? No, no, I didn't. They 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 uh, ordered. They thought they ordered uh, mannequins, dummies, but they uh-huh. were actually uh, they actually accidentally got uh, shipped uh, sex robots. Oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> and they yeah. uh, they had no idea when they were dressing them, and then the, the, nobody said anything when they were dressing them, putting them in the. In the in the seats that they that something was amiss, no but no red flags. So it's like all right, okay. <laughs> so what they just thought that they got super lifelike mannequins? Yeah, I guess so. How how did so if nobody? <laughs> okay, and I hate to be this guy. I really hate <laughs> to be this guy. But somebody's got to be this guy, so I'll be this guy. So if nobody noticed while they were dressing these robots, um. And, and I use that term loosely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, did, like what did did somebody just find a janitor undressing a a, a, a fannikin? <laughs> like, I I how do you make that discuss? Like, if nobody notices anything's amiss, how do you realize? Like, did it talk? Did the mouth move? Well, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I'm not too, I mean, I've only caught glimpses here and there, but, you know, just like they didn't, they just couldn't figure it out from how the, they were um, shaped, they were articulated, you know, all this kind of stuff like that. It's like, you know, nothing didn't seem out of the uh, ordinary with these that you ordered, you know, and you decided yeah. to still go ahead and put them in the seats. Well, I mean, you know, they are lifelike and they do look like you. You know what happened? I figured it out. I did a little detective work and I figured it out. The mannequins were shipped to the wrong place and the mannequins and the sex robots got flipped. See, what happened was Rob Villa's homie ordered some uh, <laughs> robots and at, it was at the same time the South Korean League ordered the mannequins. Oh, Mystery solved. There you go. Mystery solved. <laughs> now we just need to convince Rob Villa to stay off of his homie's Amazon account. <laughs> that's true very very good point uh awesome hey uh i think that is a a, a fantastic place to uh wrap this edition of rmp radio up uh but before i do let you go um in the meantime before everything gets uh uh why we're still on pause with uh with the wrestling and stuff uh people wanted to uh hit you up on the uh social medias uh where could they do that so you can find me uh, on Facebook at the Extracurricular Liaison Zero Cool. Uh, X, uh, extracurricular is spelled with an X and not an E because, you know, I'm a 90s kid and that's how we do. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, otherwise than that, you can find me at zero underscore cool dash 20 on all other forms of social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, 
otherwise than that, you can catch me on Rocky Mountain Pro. And uh, if you want to chop it up on Facebook or whatever, holla at your boy. All right. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you uh, once again for coming on to uh, this edition of RMP Radio. And, uh, bef- uh, you know, until we uh, get back uh, in the uh, arena, I'll be uh, uh, continue to communicate with you uh, online and, and whatever other means to, to dial you up. Hey, please do. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks. <laughs> But once again, a huge, big thank you to Zero Cole for coming on this edition of uh, RMP Radio and once again entertaining the uh, RMP Radio audience and talking a lot of basketball and a little bit of baseball, you know, it was a fantastic, uh, fun time. All right, let's uh, pay some bills like they used to say uh, back in the day. Uh, you want to get some uh, merchandise from your of your uh, favorite Rocky Mountain Pro uh, superstars, head over to the uh, website at rmpwrestling.com. Click on the uh, merchandise link. Uh, or if you're on Amazon's website or the Amazon uh, app, uh, search for uh, Rocky Mountain Pro and you'll be able to pull up uh, all kinds of uh, great uh, shirts, hats, etc. from there. And like I mentioned on the last episode, uh, the Memorial Day uh, sale at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, a lot of your uh, Rocky Mountain Pro uh, superstars have stores up there. Uh, this uh, weekend is the uh, Memorial Day weekend, so starting on Thursday the uh, 21st, uh, 20% off, and uh, orders of $150 and more uh, get uh, free shipping. So I hope uh, a lot of you out there will take advantage of that and support the guys and gals uh, in the meantime why things are on pause here. All right, well, upcoming events, of course, like I said, nothing happening, but uh, still a lot happening on the uh, uh, twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro channel. Uh, Lots of great uh, shows on there, so if you are a Amazon Prime uh, subscriber, we would love for you to uh, throw your support. You do get a free uh, subscription included with your Amazon Prime, and uh, you just need to do, if you do do that, uh, make sure you uh, re-up that subscription and subscribe to Rocky Mountain Pro uh, every month uh, with your Prime membership, because you do have to uh, do that, so you can watch that. Uh, You can watch uh, some great shows, such, of course, as the uh, Rocky Mountain Pro uh, Rewind, uh, uh, Punished by Pixels, uh, Up, Up, Down, Down, I believe uh, that's the name it with uh, Hazard is, well, lips, my lips aren't sealed with Jumbo Zamore, all kinds of uh, great shows uh, there. Of course, uh, also uh, check out our uh, uh, YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, you can uh, catch us on uh, our episodes uh, on uh, Fight TV, uh, current up to as much as we can right there. But of course, you can watch all the uh uh, previous episodes there so you want to uh, start binge watching uh, we would appreciate that uh, you can of course find us uh, you know you know kind of on, on right now tv when things start happening again uh, impact plus uh, dot tv and uh, fight network uk uh, you want to follow us see what we do have happening in the meantime everything does stem from the website at rmpwrestling.com and on the socials of uh, Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram of all of the Rocky MTN Pro. And as always, let me uh, phonetically spell that for you. That's the Rocky Mike 
Tango November Pro. And a very, very special thank you for everybody that listens to uh, RMP Radio, where pro wrestling is elevated. We'll be right back.